Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Chris. How are you today, Chris? I am doing great. It's the most exciting time of the year. The NFL starts tomorrow. College football is giving us the goods. I'm going through one of the most exciting moments of my life, working on a career change. So I'm pretty good, and I'm really excited to do the show today. It's the cherry on top of everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking my adventures with Superman, the new animated series that was on Adult Swim. Its first season wrapped up last week, and uh, I binged it over the holiday weekend. So we'll talk about all 10 episodes. So spoilers, you know, if you're worried about that type of thing. Uh, yeah, but uh, I've been uh, I've been having a good DC time lately as well. Like I went to Ollie's this week, and I found a, uh, what did I get, Flash new 52 volume seven i believe it was and you know for like four bucks and uh justice league by jeff johns and the new 52 uh that was like book four and i already had one through three and five and six so it worked out pretty well that i needed volume four in there and they had it so so yeah it's been it's been good and uh, just to say here at the top of the show here, too, we are discussing Ahsoka over on our Star Wars podcast, The Pod Awakens, with Ron, who has been on this show a few times doing our drafts and stuff. So if you are a Star Wars fan and you liked the first four episodes of Ahsoka, we've broken down those episodes over on our YouTube, The Pod Awakens, or you can even just find it on wherever podcasts are available. But let's get to the nitty gritty here with my adventures with Superman, which was announced like two years ago. And they even showed like some art from it. And then, you know, it took a while for them to actually announce a start date. And it kind of came out of nowhere as being in July, I believe of this year. And uh, that it was released on adult swim, even though it's not really an adult themed show. Uh, it is very family friendly. I think they just kind of do all of their primetime programming now as adult swim. So I think that's why it kind of fell into that and not just being cartoon network. But yeah, so this show was uh, developed by Jack, uh, sorry, Jake Wyatt, Brendan Clower and Josie Campbell. Voices include Jack Quaid, Alice Lee, and Ishmael Saheed. And uh, 10 episode long seasons premiere January, July 7th, 2023 on Adult Swim and next day on HBO Max, which I think worked very well for the release schedule uh, for this show because I watched them all on, on Max. 
Uh, so I guess let's see how we want to talk about this. Do we just want to talk about first, let's start off with like the aesthetic and uh, the character portrayals in the show? Yeah, that works. I mean, this is a cartoon. It's kind of an anime style. So I, I think this, let's talk about what you're getting yourself into if you want to go back and watch the show, because it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea just because of the style. Yeah, like you said, it is very anime-inspired. Uh, I think it was also produced by a uh, yeah South Korea animation studio is who it was outsourced to called Studio Mer, and um, they uh, I don't know what else they've really worked on. Looks like they've also worked on Legend of Korra, The Boondocks, some of Netflix's stuff like Voltron. So it seems like they've been around for a bit um, and have been working on these types of uh, shows with this type of animation style. And as someone that's not a big anime fan and really the extent of my anime watching comes at Pokemon, uh, watching the anime for Pokemon, I wasn't sure how this would be. But I think I actually really like some of the choices they made here. Like, I think... I think Clark looks great, and I think Superman looks really great in this show. I think where it gets a little bit more weird for me is like when we get to like Parasite, uh, villain, almost being like a Godzilla uh, that we'll talk about later on. But I think that was a choice. Yeah, that was a choice for Parasite. I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, there were some things I did not like about this. Um, I, it took me a while to get used to the look of it. I think halfway through, I kind of got used to it kind of knew what I was expecting, and I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, cool, because I love the voice acting. I think the acting performances were spot on. I think this is easy to say the best Jimmy Olsen you're going to get in pretty much anything current or anything modern, and I really like what they did with Lois here because Lois has always been so ahead of Superman, being the Pulitzer Prize-winning badass reporter, and and this, she's an intern who's always uh, always getting in trouble at the Daily Planet. And I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition, juxtaposition that put her on an even keel with Clark, which helped establish her relationship. So I don't know if I loved all the artistic choices, but I agree with you that Superman looked great. And I really liked the characters, especially Jimmy and uh, Clark. I thought they were fantastic. And I thought the twist that they had with Lois made everything work. Like I said, I, I think I really enjoyed the way Superman looks like the main cast looks great. Lois looks great. Jimmy looks great. Right. Uh, Perry looks great. Like th these main characters that you have to care for, I think look really, really good in the series with their animation style. Like you said, with the voice acting, I think that is probably the strongest part of it is uh, I really think Jack Quaid did a, a fantastic job. You can tell when he's playing Clark, and you can tell when he's playing Superman. His voice is a little bit more confident when he's Superman. It's a little bit more uh, insecure when he's Clark, right? Like, I, I think he drew a pretty good line in the sand between his two personas when he's voicing the character. Uh, I know people have been kind of calling for him to be in more... Uh, more things, you know, because uh, he's uh, huge in The Boys, uh, the Amazon show. And there's rumors of him being in the Fantastic Four. I mean, who hasn't been linked to that at this time? 
but I, I mean, think, I'm going to be the thing. You didn't get the memo. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I'm the only one now that hasn't been linked, but, uh, but yeah, I think he did a, a really great job with this. Um, Cause it is a tough role to do. I, I think we can kind of move into story a bit here. I really, I really enjoy the way that they did this. You kind of mentioned it with having them start on equal footing. They're all three interns at the same time. And Lois is that troublemaker, right? That's trying to always break a story because she wants to be much more than what she is. And, uh, you know, she kind of makes Jimmy and, and Clark go along with that. And I think I really like this change. Uh, it, it helped us kind of, get to know the characters themselves at the same time, you know? Um, Cause sometimes Lois, if she's already pre-established can be a bit harder to get behind in the sense of she's usually condescending. She, you know, she's usually knows who she is. She's confident. And sometimes when she's like, you know, certain portrayals will have her like anti Clark and stuff. But you know, when, when it's that way, it's a little harder to get behind her. In this, she's very clear on what she wants to be. She is very confident, but she also is opening up to Clark. And since we know Clark, it feels like she's opening up to us. And I think that it's, uh, I don't know, a very fresh portrayal of Lois. I agree 100%. And I think Lois, what I liked about this Lois was, it almost felt like it could have been a younger version of the Lois we get in Superman and Lois. She's got the same spunk, the same Lois characteristics, but she's not quite there yet. And she, she I, I think what's amazing about it is you get every Lois Lane beat in this without the Pulitzers, without the the bossy um, ruler of the Daily Planet world. I think the idea of it that, you know, you just get core to the character. And I think it really helped because if Clark and Lois weren't on the same plane, you would have had to do some story gymnastics to get them to where they got at the end of the season because I thought their relationship developed quite naturally in the show. I, I, I think it was like, you know, my favorite moment in the show actually is when Superman does the thing we've seen before. He takes her for her first flight. He thinks he's going to dazzle her with giving her an interview. And at the end of it, she goes, they go, how was your uh, interview with Superman? Clark's like, how was your interview with Superman? She goes, he's a liar. Uh, so perfect. I thought that was a good twist. You think he swept off her feet. She was looking for the story. Tunnel vision. I, I thought that was very good. And I thought Clark just constantly being surprised by Lois. That's an element that you get in any Superman and any Lois. And I think they did it the way the story needed to, to be done. Yeah, I think it's funny because uh, he wasn't really lying. Uh, you know, he just he. W- let, let's talk about this story choice, right? He has no clue yet on who he is. Uh, he hasn't really heard the word Krypton at this point. He doesn't know that he is. Uh, I mean, he finds out he's an alien at some point in this premiere, right? But like. But before that, he's before he's even Superman at this point, he knows he has the powers, but he doesn't really know why he's sent here. He doesn't have that like Jor-El 
moment, right, where Jor-El says, like, hey, our planet was dying. I sent you here. He thinks this whole season, once he finds out about the invasion, right, he thinks that he was sent here to be that first wave of an invasion. And uh, we know that that's not the case just from our experience with other Superman media. But he also can't understand the Krypton language, right? Anytime Jor-El's talking, he has no clue what he's saying. I thought this was a pretty cool choice here. Um, especially, like, they kind of pull a Man of Steel where they have the suit ready for him. But yet you get Martha making the touch-ups, giving him the belt, giving him the shorts, you know? And I think that was a cool way of blending both of his uh, parents. Yeah, James Gunn better be taking notes because they did this very well. I I felt very sympathetic for this Clark because he was in such a bad spot of not knowing, uh, really trying not to be that first wave, really trying not to be a bad guy. He felt the responsibility responsibility to him, and he had no clue why he was there. He had no clue where he was from. And the the more he learned about it, the scarier it all got. So he's a very sympathetic character. That he was completely left in the dark. It's very much like Luke in Star Wars, where it just gets thrown on him all at once. All at once. When he's ready, oh, God, uh, you got to deal with it, brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of, this is what I really love about getting different interpretations of the character is like trying to figure out what they know when they know it, right? So, like, when we kind of dive into this first episode or so and it becomes clear that he doesn't know a lot of this stuff, it was really interesting to be like, okay, so Clark doesn't know all this stuff. And in this case, we know more than he does as, as we're watching the, uh, as we're watching the show because of this, you know, just having prerequisite information. But I think the way that they, this is only 10 episodes, right? But, one thing I like, and I didn't know how this show was going to handle this type of stuff, because sometimes shows are very different, right? Like some shows will be more like uh, episode of the week type of thing, and some shows will have a full story. This one has a really full story that unfolds throughout the 10 episodes to a climax of him finding out Lois's dad is the general that they've been looking for this whole time. Something we may have been able to deduce without you know because we already know that history but i think this is probably a really good intro if you're somebody that has never seen superman and you're a kid and you watch these 10 episodes you're getting all the good bits of lore you know the lois and clark relationship you're getting uh you you get different villains we don't see lex at all in these 10 episodes who is like his big bad and instead we're introduced to people like ivo and and um you know we're introduced to characters like livewire and parasite and getting more of his uh more of his rogues gallery than just focusing on the people we've been kind of focused on a lot lately lex dark side and uh and like doomsday right so it was pretty cool being able to see like we get brainiac in this we get intro and a tease to zod we get all of these villains uh over time here in this first season i think if you're somebody that is a kid growing up and you're watching this as your first superman experience this is a pretty good story and i really really dug the way they broke this thing out over 10 episodes 
I agree with that. In fact, you were starting talking about the general thing. One of my favorite scenes of the whole thing is when he realizes it's the general. He's telling his uh, ma and pa Kent about it. Pa Kent's just worried about the turkey, the turkey which, yeah. which that Superman has to uh, laser eye anyway to finish cooking. But uh, that was a great scene. And it's like the the balance between Lois and the grand. It, dude, that was a great Thanksgiving scene. Um, but I like what we're doing here. We're reinventing parts of Superman, but we're keeping the core stuff together. And this is what gets me so excited about Superman Legacy is there's so many. We saw Superman and Lois reinvent things just a little. We saw this show reinvent things just a little. But what did they do? They kept the core things you needed to make it Superman, and they told an original story. So anyone who says that Superman is boring, we are having one of the greatest renaissances of Superman media, especially the comics are starting to do really well with Superman as well. And I've enjoyed some of that. And I really like what they're doing with Jonathan Kent in the comics too, um, as uh, the next Superman. So I enjoy a lot of this. And I think this is a renaissance of Superman. And this show came at the perfect time, which we have to be thankful when we were frustrated that we were never going to get it. Um, we have to be thankful. I still don't know that we're going to get Cape Crusader. But at least we got this. Well, Cape Crusader is supposed to still come out. I think I got sold to Prime. So I think that'll be mostly safe. But this one, I, I like. This is already getting a second season. It was ordered along with the first season. I I think this is really great. Like, um, of course, we don't know how any clue how it's doing, right? Like, I don't know if Adult Swim gets ratings. I can't find any ratings for the show. And then... You know, HBO Max is usually tight-lipped about streaming numbers and stuff. So uh, I am curious to see how this show is doing. I saw lots of talk about it, but, you know, also we're in this bubble of DC Comics fandom that we follow all these people that are watching everything the way we watch everything. So really curious to see how how this does on the whole, you know, on the whole. I do hope that, like, Cartoon Network plays this more without, like it being on Adult Swim. Let kids sitting at home catch catch this, you know? like Adult Swim was a choice here, wasn't it? It wasn't a... I wouldn't say it was kid-friendly, but it definitely wasn't kid-antagonistic. I don't think it was a kid's show, but I, I don't really think it's a show kids can't watch. I think this is a little closer to PG-13 than G, but it's definitely not pushing the envelope too much. Well, the issue is, apparently, I'm looking this up here, uh, that uh, Adult Swim starts at 5 p.m. and runs till 6 a.m. So pretty much anything that is during that time, and those are the era, those are the times you'd want to air something anyway, uh, is considered Adult Swim. So that's dumb. I'll say there's a lot of old adults that I, I there's a lot of young adults that I mean anything past 6 a.m. is a cartoon on Cartoon Network. What if they put Dexter's Laboratory on and then 6 6 p.m. like is that Adult yeah, Swim? Yeah, it would be on Adult Swim. Yep. Okay then. It's dumb, uh, but it seems like that's the way that they're running their channel right now. Because to be honest, that's where most of their popular programming is. I, I feel like. Kids are watching Disney. Let's be honest. It's funny. Apparently, my wife was not able to watch Cartoon Network growing up. Uh, They thought it was a little bit more risque, I guess. You know, I guess shows like 
I don't know, Johnny Bravo, <laughs> Courage. I watched Cowboy Johnny Bravo Dog. when I was a kid. That that was risque. I don't know. I guess because he's like constantly harassing people. Look, are, I don't know. There but... are innuendos <laughs> in that show. But yes, I, yes. This is the thing They're about every show. this is the thing about cartoon stuff. The kids are not picking up on them because I watched it at no clue. If I watched it today, I'd be yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I see. But no clue. In this show, we also get like the main gist of the story here, right? Is leading up to what is going to continue into season two, it looks like. Leading up to Brainiac and Zod trying to invade Earth here. And, uh, you know, apparently the ship that Clark came in is huge, right? It's underneath their farm. And uh, even this, like, this is something we knew, we, we found out too. He didn't even know what Kryptonite was, right? Like, but all these characters figured that out in the last episode of the show that kryptonite can affect this stuff. But I think one of the highlights of this whole series is that two parter, uh, is that two parter or sorry, one parter. Yes. Episode seven with, uh, mixed Pitalik, Mr. Mixed Pitalik, uh, coming in and tricking Clark and, uh, you know, the, the Legion of Lois's, you know, pretty much come in, uh, the League of Lois Lanes come in and assist, and we get to see... You're not Lois well, Lane material. When they mention the other Earths, too, we get to see the, the Superman from the DC Animated Universe. Uh, that It was all really cool. But this is how they introduce something that I didn't think this show would touch, that, that in other universes, Clark has lost it and has been evil. I, I'm so tired of the evil Superman thing. It's one of my least favorite Superman tropes. But they touched on it very much like Superman and Lois did. As a possibility, a alternate reality maybe, but never the Stark. And Lois being forced with the idea of it was interesting. I also really liked the League of Lois Lanes being like, look out for Olsen. He could be trouble. I just, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the League of Lois Lanes. Uh, Mixie is one of the most underrated Superman villains. He's one of his top villains. You never, you never think about. So I love. He was one of my favorite parts of the uh, Supergirl show, actually. And I, I, I was like, yeah, give me all the Mixie. Give me that little tiny top hat. Let's go. I thought that was really funny, and I liked how he tricked Clark. Uh, and the, with the League of Lois Lanes together, that that's when the show really started to pick up heat. Yeah, I thought it was funny too, and they're like, "Oh, we win our first like Pulitzer at age 21," and she's like, "I'm 23, <laughs> and I'm an intern." You know, she's like still an intern at this point. Um, but I love that. But, I love that because everyone's got their own journey and everyone's got their own yeah, timeline, yeah. and life is in a race, and it's just it's nice things to put into storytelling and I to deal with that, especially when you're stealing doppelgangers who are more successful than you that that's a really real thing to put into a multiversal story. Well, I think this also fits with the whole, uh, like not this Clark, right. Is going to lose it because not this Lois Lane is not the same as the other Lois Lanes, right? She's on her different journey. Clark is, I, I am tired of that storyline too. I, I'm glad they like lightly touched on it. They're not like, Hopefully they don't go too far down that path in like a season two or something. But I I think what it kind of shows is the way that he was brought up in this universe and the way that he's connected to this Lois is 
you know, some of those things that are keeping him away from that type of thing. But also, I think it's interesting to see her reaction to that. She was a little scared at first. She asked him, like, are you okay when he's developing, you know, his super hearing and he's having issues. He's staying up all night and he's doing this. And she's a little worried about him then because she knows this is a possibility. I was wondering what effect caffeine had on a Kryptonian at that point. I was yeah. I was interested. I was like, can this Superman get drunk? Can this Superman uh, have impact from his diet in a way that other Superman can't? I was very interested in that, but I thought the can't do it all. You can hear everything, and I like how we kept getting powers throughout the season without it going like you know in Arkham Knight it felt like yes we get it we have the Batmobile we have to use the Batmobile in every scene. It wasn't like hey it's time to force the new power into the show. It was. Oh crap! Now I got to deal with this, and every power I had to deal with it before he could use it. I thought the bank scene, the scene of the the episode of the bank heist where his laser eyes uh, come in, was really awesome. And then I really also liked it when he's chasing the invisible guy, and he he stops. He he basically causes an accident and crushes a truck's uh, hood, and he he's presented as the bad guy. And I, you know, it was, but it was such, the problems of being Clark in this, in this show were very presented. I mean, you just, opening doors was a problem. The first thing we see is is he breaks his alarm clock and he opens a door and he takes the whole door off. I thought that was awesome, especially how he met Lois, basically being awkward. uh, And yeah, oh, the bagel spit. I'm going to go get a bagel. I love that. <laughs> I am literally using that in real life. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get a bagel. It's bagel time. And he gets some green cheese with the bagels. Yeah. Then anytime like that, uh, when she's putting it together, right. And he's like leaving as soon as he hears the thing on the police scanner, he goes, and then it's like, Oh, never mind. Superman got it. And then he pokes his head back around. Like, actually they're, you know, like I have to get this thing now or <laughs> whatever. And cause then he's like, you know, he hears the next thing on the police scanner and he goes off again. But one thing I thought that really worked well for me in this is when, you know, Lois finds out and then we get to them telling Jimmy and Jimmy's just like, yeah, I know I've been living with you since freshman year. You break door handles all the time. Like, you know, uh, yes, I know it's you. I love Jimmy Olsen in the show. Oh, the, he's so self-assured. He is who he is. He doesn't care what other people think about him. And he's not really looking for Superman and Lois's approval the way he is being like a little fanboy and other things. He wants to be their best friend. He cares about them, so he shares everything that he's about. A lot of times I'll share links with my family. We got like a group chat. And I'll, I'll send links and I'll, I'll be like, oh, man, did you see this? And nobody cares. And my mom sometimes says, hey, why? No, nobody cares. Why, why do you keep, you know, no one, no one in this audience cares other than me, really. And I'd be like, because I care about it. I'm sharing stuff with people I care about. That's so Jimmy in this. That's what Jimmy's doing. He cares about Superman. He cares about Lois. He cares about these characters. And um, his little YouTube video thing, great bit in this. I, I, I What are they called? Uh, what's it called? I, I don't know, but I really... Firebird? Or yeah, it's like, like it's like yeah, something like Firebird, and it's just I really liked it, and I loved his, the scene where it's like, oh, you're the Steve of the group, Flamebird, 
Flame Bird. Flame Bird, that's what it was. I love the Steve, the sports reporter, going, you're the Steve of the group. You're the – and he goes, no, 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 I'm not the Steve. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I liked about, like, uh, there, there was a good joke with Steve in it earlier where I think it was in the episode where they were trying to interview Superman. Uh, you know, you have Steve, Cat Grant, and Ronnie Trope. Uh, and it was like something about like, I think it is Cat Grant said like, and Steve thinks like, uh, I forget what it was. It was something like, oh, like, I totally forget what it was, but it was like something about like getting the lead or whatever. It was like stealing a news story, or whatever. He just, grabs this thing and he just walks out with it like this huge thing that they have in the in the thing and i was just like good joke good joke there um but yeah i mean uh and jimmy with flame bird he saw the way he sells this thing at the end he's just like oh, i'm rich now sold it for five million dollars to daily planet i think it's funny because i know a guy i have a friend named brian and jimmy this reminds me so much of him and this will mean nothing to an audience of YouTube or podcast, but it's just if you knew this guy, and you would just, you would crack up because this guy's just like yeah about everything. It's just like so even killed and like he doesn't yeah he's, he's funny. But I another thing I liked about the show is the little tabloids from Smallville that Lois got, and she's just like wait a second acts acts of miracles around Smallville. This guy saved a farm. This guy did this. This guy did this. This man can fly. And she pieced it together. And then she's like, nah, I can't be. It can't be. But Clark basically led her to it because he was so afraid she was going to find him. It would have been better for Clark just to be, look at this bull crap. Can you believe this stuff? I don't know. I think she still would have gotten it at that point. But I think it's funny that he took it, that page, right? And then he totally forgets about it and gives her his jacket, you know, when they're leaving the, the, the Ivo's uh, place, right. Uh, when everything goes haywire and then she reaches into the pocket, finds it. And that's like the missing piece that puts it all together for her right then. It was, uh, you know, trying to prevent mm -hmm. it caused the action pretty much for Clark. Well, what's so cool about it is he, he if he was smart, he'd be like, and like had his wits about him, he wanted to give give her the jacket. He'd be worried about that. But everything stopped mattering when he was talking to Lois. Mm -hmm. It that is that is basically how Clark works. It's everything matters. Everything matters. The world is falling apart. It's all on my shoulders. And then there's talking to Lois, and all of that just goes boop, out of the window. Doesn't care about anything. He's talking to Lois. He's lost in the moment. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, he kind of loses his. Uh his wits right when he's he's talking to lois uh i was actually surprised i thought at the end of episode nine which was called zero day part two i thought that was going to be the finale i was like what are we going to get next episode then you know it seemed like a finale type thing and then boom hearts of our fathers which was a really great episode and i, I wonder if he's going to realize now that jor-el didn't send him there for that if he heard jor-el say my son this time like or you know, uh, that type of thing, because it was uh, really interesting how it seemed like Jor-El was hurt every time, like that one time when Clark comes and visits him and says, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop your invasion or whatever. It seemed like Jor-El wanted to tell him something, but couldn't, right? Because he's not understanding. And then this time, 
the only time we actually hear him speak English is when he says like Kal-El, my son, and then saves him from his ship being blown up. And now he's gone, right? We would assume Jor-El is, is gone. No communication, no fortress, I guess. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't make it a little more comical, like a game of charades or something. That would have been kind of funny. But they did put a lot of the funny in here very subtly. It was really subtle humor in here. It was, it was a little dry. I liked the way they did it. I thought it was never too serious. It kept it light. And it was never too stupid. It was never goofy. And for a cartoon, especially like an anime-style cartoon, that was impressive. I thought the balance of writing was really good in this show. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. Like, I don't know that this is, like, my favorite Superman thing ever, but I'm certainly glad we had it because, look, it's a fresh take on Superman. And, you know, we've heard, seen the origin. One of the reasons Superman Birthright was one of my favorite comics was because, yeah, I've seen the story a thousand times. Damn, that was good. Yeah, I um, I think it's interesting. I, you know, we didn't really get a fortress. I thought that's where they were going to go with the ship being kind of like the fortress because uh, it kind of has like that crystal look when he comes in there uh, to see his dad and stuff. But yeah, now I'm wondering how he'll get to know more of the history here unless if like maybe Zod and Brainiac share some of this information when they come into this. You know, like, hey, your father was a jerk. We hated him for <laughs> sending you away and then being like, oh, okay, my dad was a good guy. You know, or, you know, it's all really interesting. I think the look of Jor-El looks, looks pretty cool, too. But Well, uh, I was him- just talking about Birthright, and Lobo in that basically tells him, oh, crap, you don't know. You don't know right. you're the last son of Krypton. You don't know that there's nothing left. They're all gone. And he, Superman's like, crying as Lobo is talking to him, threatening Metropolis, because this is the first time this has hit him. And I think they're going to do a lot of that in season two with maybe Brainiac and Zod. You're talking about American Alien, right? I swear that's an American Alien, because I haven't read Birthright, I, and I think we talked about yeah, that Lobo scene. I'm, mixi- I'm mixing them together. Okay, okay. I, I, I just want to I make sure that. I'm not missing another scene from Birthright, because no, no, I haven't good. read it yet. <laughs> I, 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 I do that. But yeah, he, I do that. I mix things together. Um, I'll go take a time out of the corner. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we like I said, we saw a lot of uh, interesting characters in this. Like I said, uh, here's a list of some of the villains and stuff we got. And I was actually surprised each time they brought them back and kind of like mixed them in with the storylines and Task Force X and all that stuff. But we had, uh, we had uh, Livewire. We had Slade Wilson, Amanda Waller, you know, Sam Lane. Uh, we had Silver Banshee. We had The Mist, uh, which was also named Kyle. Uh, Lucas Gabriel uh, played Gabriel played uh, Kyle The Mist. Uh, we had Albert uh, Roughhouse. We had Parasite. Um which was not usually, I don't think, Ivo in the comics. It was, uh, it was, yeah, Rudy Jones is usually, there's been like four parasites, but I think Rudy Jones was the longest, um, longest parasite. But in this case, it's, it's Dr. Anthony Ivo who creates a mazo in the comics and, and such. Um, and in the Arrowverse. 
Yes. Yep. So interesting that they kind of went with this because I don't think he's usually that uh, evil uh, in it. But I, I think it's interesting that that's the way that they kind of went in here. Um, we had Rory Heatwave. Yeah, we had uh, Rory Mick, yeah, Mick Rory, uh, right? Uh, in Heatwave. We had uh, Cat Grant, not a villain, but, you know, somebody that appears in Superman. We had Vicky Vale appear from the Gotham Gazette and steal a story, right? And uh, again, we had Brain, which is, you know, a supervillain, um, French genius. Uh, and uh, we also had uh, Monsieur Mala, which is the uh, the, the a gorilla. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Vicky Vale, Brainiac. Mixed, I was thrown by Slade Wilson. That did not look like anything Deathstroke hide. Voiced it really by threw Chris me. Parnell, too. It, it threw me. It did not. I did not know where they were going with that. I was like, is this really the character that played around like this? That was a twist. I, I didn't. You know, Waller is basically Waller in everything. She's just, she's a character that pretty much every show, except for Arrow, is basically nailed, um, which I find funny. But, yeah, the Slade Wilson thing threw me for a loop, and that affected my enjoyment in the beginning, to be honest with you. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a big Slade Wilson fan, I guess, so I was just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> He's got the eye patch. It's enough. Um, but yeah, like I said, when I'm reading out these names here, I, I was really thinking we might have seen Lex in the finale. I went in not knowing anything. The only thing I actually went in knowing was the whole Lois jumping off the building thing, because for some reason people got really up in arms about that. Uh, Hasn't she, that been done like a thousand times? Like, why I feel would you get like up it. And it's also she a hundred percent knew it was Clark. I mean, Margot Kidder did that, so I mean. That's not a yeah. that's not a new Superman, not a new Lois thing. That's that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's she a hundred percent knew it was him. She had all the pieces. Um it's it's whatever. Uh but I I did not get bothered by that at all. But I, I really thought that's the only thing I knew going into this. So I kind of thought the whole time, I'm like, hmm, interesting. We haven't seen Lex at all. And it's not like he felt missing to me. Like, I really enjoyed the story they were telling and everything. So it wasn't like I was sitting there like, we got to see Lex. But I do. I was wondering, like, oh, that might be a good tease for a second season. Um, especially when people started turning against Clark, right? I was kind of like, oh, maybe this would be where Lex would step in. But we didn't see Lex at all. And we know the tease for the second season is more about Zod and Brainiac. But, I mean, we've seen these villains kind of all come together in this story, right? Where, like, they're all kind of linked to each other. So I do I do wonder if maybe Lex will play a part in the second season along with Zod and Brainiac. Those are his big three villains. <laughs> I mean, that'd be Here's pretty Here's how cool. you do it. Here's how you do it. You say... You get this rogues gallery for Superman that came the second we saw Superman. We saw these villains. You need someone you can trust to control it all. I am that only person that you can trust. I am Lex Luthor. And then that's how you do that. I mean, that that's that's yeah, how you introduce He's running it's for mayor or president mm -hmm. or something, right? <laughs> mayor, president, 
the most beautiful bald man of them all. Whatever, whatever <laughs> he can get notoriety. Yeah, so I think that might be something we see next. Like, I could see him teaming up with Zod or Brainiac to take down Clark or something. Uh, and then him thinking the whole time, like, I'll turn on Zod. You know, because, you know, ultimately Lex is somebody that does want to be the savior of humanity, right? Um, so I could the enemy see him, of like, my enemy is my friend. Yeah, so I could see him teaming up with them to be like, let me take down Superman, and then once he finds out about the kryptonite and stuff, he'd be like, eh, now I can use it on Zod and Brainiac and all that. You know, mm-hmm. like I could see him doing that type of turn on them. And, uh, but I, I, I'm really excited for a second season. Now I don't know how long it'll take. I'm not sure if this is a strike affected show. Some I don't think it isn't. is because I think it's done. I think it's basically done and they just need to touch up some, um, uh, they might be affected if they need to add any lines, but like, what I understood is they ordered it well in advance, so they started working on it before this first season even came out. Yeah, probably. So I'm, I'm pretty sure because that's what they did with Harley Quinn. They basically made them back to back. Yeah, and uh, James Gunn came out and said that Creature Commandos was not affected by the strike because it's animation. And now that's not always the case. Animation sometimes is affected, but I think it might be a good shot that this animated show is not affected, which means. It's theoretically that next year we do get a second season in the middle of a content drought. <laughs> so uh, that might that might we're really gonna need go well it. for it. Yeah, we. Can will. you imagine if we don't like Joker two? Paul, you do. I mean, that's all we're getting. Yeah, so I'm we need Creature Commandos. Like we we need Creature Commandos. We need My Adventures of Superman, and then we'll probably get Kid Crusader um, on Amazon Prime, and that'll be what we have. I doubt we get another season of Harley Quinn. They've lost the rope, guys. It's gone. I don't know where the threat is, but somebody lost said it. that uh, there was leaks of a season five. So I would assume that that was still in works too. So I was one of the biggest fans of that show for the first three seasons. Mm, the season's just not hitting with me. I haven't finished it. I just I, I I'm not current on it because it's just. I, how many Nightwing butt jokes can you make in one episode? Like, it's just, and they did it for like three episodes. So I, I don't know. It's like, it's a funny gag, but they just, they what just I find the is wall. I have to take that show in doses. So when I binge, like the first season loved it. Then I went right into season two and I was like, I need to take a break. I can't do this. I can't same thing with like Rick and Morty and any of these animated shows that are comedies like that. I can't take them in long stretches. So I have to take a break. And then I finished season two and then season three launched. And I was like, I still need that break. I rather animated shows like this. My adventures with Superman that have heart and are funny at times, but also not like over the top funny, the way that Harley Quinn is at times. So for me, this one, I was able to watch in that. Like I said, I watched it over the course of the weekend, two days. I just spent, you know, seven episodes one day, three episodes the next. And I was done with it. And I was like, Oh, that was great. I I'll, I can go back and revisit that right away. It wasn't like I need a break already on this. So it's easy to binge. I watched half the, ep- I, I watched the half the season as it went on. And then I watched basically one wave the last five episodes. I think I watched three and two, like it was just really <laughs> damn good. And I'll tell you this right now with, all these animated shows is 
you have more freedom in animation than you do in live action. There's more that's possible, and people get less upset about it. Like, you know how many people didn't even watch this? I mean, it, people get less upset. I, I'm a, I'm all for DC content that people don't even see and they don't have to worry about it. They don't cry on the internet about it. I no, I've seen very little negative chatter about my adventures with Superman, and I've enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't think there's much negative to say about it. I mean, again, like I could see some people maybe picking at some choices here and there, but for me, if I want exactly comic accurate, I'll I'll read the comics. Um. I think sometimes in these mediums, you have to make changes. I like seeing new perspectives. So I think this show really hit me well. I was like, I love this vibe, the perspective of the show. Uh, the theme song's great too. <laughs> like it was, it hit for me uh, so well. And really excited to see how this continues to go from here. And I'm glad we already know there's a second season. We're not like, hopefully this gets picked up with the way that WB has been with some of this stuff. So Thank goodness. I've never been a big fan of short hair Lois, but I mean, uh, the complaints about the show are so minuscule. They're so small. Mm-hmm. It's really stylistically. Sometimes I don't like it, but I love the ass on Superman's chest. I yeah. think this is, yeah, it looks good. this is one of the best logos we've seen. Yeah. And I think his suit is generally really well. It's like a mix of new 52 suit or rebirth suit with the underwear. I mean, I think it looks really great. Hashtag team trunks. Yeah, yeah, we love the trunks, and I'm glad that Martha put them, you know, did the finishing touch on that. Why did you say that name? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, no reference to any Batman or anything, right? When I was kind of thinking with Cat Grant, uh, not Cat Grant, uh, when Vicky Vale came, there might have been something, but I didn't catch anything about, uh, you know, how Gotham is or anything. Well, that's what amazed me about the Vicky Vale thing. They played in their sandbox. They had all these villains, but they 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 just played in the Superman world. They didn't go to yeah, the yeah. other stuff. And then and all of a sudden, you're like Vicky Vale, and well, it's like I knew. I, I kind of like in episode one, we see her on Lois's wall, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's a cool little nod, and it was great setup for it later on because she does even mention like I got a poster of her on my wall, and like Perry or somebody's like. Okay. <laughs> what if next season she's mentored by Iris or something? That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, give us a flash cartoon, please. Give us a flash. Like cartoon. you would think a flash cartoon would be like common sense because you always hear, "Well, it's expensive CGI." Give us a cartoon. Give us a cartoon. Can you imagine a Wally Barry team up cartoon? Holy crap, that would be fun. Yeah, give us like the Flash family. Just the whole Flash family could be fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think this show will be something I will revisit quite soon. Uh, you know, it didn't feel overly long. There wasn't like, you know, some of these kid cartoons will have like fifty episodes in a, in a season or whatever. You know, like when they were made for syndication and stuff, uh, like. Batman the Animated Series or Superman the Animated Series. And with this one having that one big storyline through it, it kept me on the edge of my seat to be like, I have to watch the next episode. Like, press play, keep it going. And I think this is really good for today's attention span in the world where it's like, okay, I can watch 10 episodes. It tells the full story and leads into something else. So I think it'll hopefully catch on even more on the streaming. 
I think younger people who like are like teenage level to twenties, you're gonna really click with this. I think this is the Superman for this generation. I think this is the lowest that you need for this generation. And I think Jimmy is gonna crack everybody up regardless of generation. So I think the characters really hit on the uh, times that we live in. So it was really fun. And I really liked, you know, just the beginning of it when Superman had to save Lois and Jimmy constantly and then just constantly yeah. change back between Clark and Superman, like in the middle of being a hero. Yeah, like, Clark got free. I saw him calling for help. That's <laughs> what he says, like when he comes to help them as Superman, you know, he's like, oh no, Clark's good. I saw him calling for help. All right, how can I help you now? <laughs> uh, and, I mean, to Lois's defense, he was kind of blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- anything else about My Adventures with Superman before we wrap it up? I don't know. I just, I would recommend you watch it. it, it it's such an easy watch. You can do it very quickly. And, and it's just fun. And again, we're going to need stuff. We're going to need stuff because we're not getting a lot in 2024. Give me all the animated shows you can give me, especially if they're not affected by the strike. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can send us any feedback or let us know what you thought of my adventures with Superman. You can reach us at Elseworlds DC Fan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, email us elseworldsdcfan at gmail.com. Uh, we might even read one of the loud, uh, loud on the air if you give us one that we can use. Trust yeah, me. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know what we'll do next episode. We'll talk it over. We'll see what we uh, want to cover. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, probably no uh, Arrowverse updates until after Ahsoka's done <laughs> because of, like, having to pull double duty on this stuff. So we can't really record like a separate 30 minute thing every week, but uh, you know, those will be coming. I'm still watching uh, legends right now. So we'll talk about that when I, when I finish that. I, I kind of like the idea of drafting a DC football team. That, we could for like the first week of football next week. We could, yeah. we could do yeah, something I like, like that. You know, I did something similar yeah. for, mm-hmm. um, for soccer, I had one of my friends on uh, for the Marvel pod and we drafted starting 11s and we also uh, picked a owner and a coach. So if we want to do something like that, where we fill out a starting yeah. starting offense or a couple starting players, offense, I, I don't, I don't want to go through all the whole defense, but you know, like, oh, really? You don't want to go 11 versus 11? I mean, I guess we could. That would get hard. It's going to be mean, hard. It would get hard at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know. We'll think of the formatting, but so come up with a that's team, an idea. Chris, come up with a team name. Okay. Come up with an owner and a uh, and a coach, and then I'll do the same. And if you send me your team name, I'll I'll make a little logo for it, and we'll put mm-hmm. that stuff together for the for the show next week. All right, cool. All right, so it'll be the days we record Wednesday night football i guess uh but you know we drop these usually on saturday or sunday um tell us who you would pick for certain skill positions or if you want to think up your whole roster for a dc football team go ahead and send that to our uh feedback uh, feedback message boxes that i just mentioned uh, a couple seconds ago 
But yeah, so we'll go ahead and head out of here. Like I said, go follow us over on Pod Awakens for Ahsoka coverage. We just wrapped talking episode four, which was a fantastic episode. And, uh, you know, we'll be there all the way up through episode eight. So thank you all for watching and listening, and we will catch you next time.